Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people with the power of your love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amazing good news. Martha Stewart is coming to the Scottsdale Home and Garden Show next week. Sadly, I'm going to be at diocesan convention and will miss her. But I can assure you that Martha Stewart's got plenty to say when it comes to saying thank you. Her blog claims that saying thank you is one of the best things you can do for your mental health. And it even goes on to say that giving thanks is not only beneficial to you, but to the other person as well. And as a result, her blog concludes that this type of action is something that we should pursue more often in our everyday lives. Who knew that today's gospel reading boils down to a nice, thoughtful, thank you note on a 100% all-cotton customized crane stationery mailed at the appropriate time to the right address to the right person. That's the summary of today's gospel. Who knew? Except that it's not. If it were only that easy. I know you've heard sermons about this passage that is, have been summed up like that, but we owe ourselves to explore this. First, we need to look at what Jesus is doing. The reading tells us that Jesus is traveling to Jerusalem, and he's not taking the approved route for religious Jews. Instead of going around the land of the Samaritans, Jesus decides that he's going right through it. Dangerous? Maybe. And as he goes, the danger heightens, because now he's not only in enemy territory, he's surrounded by ten lepers, people who could destroy his life with their illness. And does he run away? No. He listens to them, and he heals them. And then what happens? Well, one of the lepers realizes that he's been made well, and he's absolutely and overwhelmingly overcome with great emotion. He's beside himself, so he runs back from wherever he is. He leaves his other group of people, and he runs back to find Jesus and fall down at Jesus' feet in an overwhelming emotional state of thanksgiving. And the gospel's really quick to point out to us that tell us that this guy is not Jewish. He is a Samaritan. And Jesus sees this, and he's so moved by this man's faith, so moved by his gratitude, so moved by this man's resolve to turn back to acknowledge his healing, that he's drawn, this man is so drawn closer to the heart of God through this presence, this healing presence of Jesus, that this, this leper, who's, who's even though he's so different from Jesus and from his own culture, that Jesus sees this and is so moved that he calls the man well. That this man too, even though he's not a Jew, this man is clearly part of the beloved community that Jesus calls the kingdom of God. 
for Luke and all of the theme of Luke's gospel, the restoring of the beloved community, the restoration of all of God's created order begins very specifically in the life and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. And when these signs of restoration start happening all over, especially in healing stories, but more important in the healing stories that deal with foreigners, this restoration of God's kingdom starts looking a whole lot differently than any idealized kingdom that anybody in the first century Middle East could have ever imagined because God is doing something entirely different with this world. What could not be Samaritans being named as people of faith that has made them well is actually happening. What could not be becomes the reality of what is. And so this story is so much more than a story of just saying thank you. This story opens a window of possibilities for everyone in the world who is different. Now this may sound ridiculous, but I'm still going to ask. Are you a Pharisee? Are you a Sadducee? How about maybe one of the Essenes? If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. Because those three groups were the three groups of people who formed schools of thought in Judaism during Jesus' time. And they were practically the only people even that the disciples would have thought of as the in crowd in Jesus' day. And Jesus clearly has his mind on many, many, many more people than that. Today, it's a Samaritan. Another day, it's a woman from Lebanon. Another day, maybe a Roman soldier. The in crowd is not necessarily the in crowd anymore. So why did only one person come back to say thank you? Maybe we're missing the genius of this story. We need to wonder a little bit more expansively to answer that question. In our modern era, there are so many times when people of good conscience feel like they are the odd person out. Occasionally, you might feel that way here at church when... 90% of your other friends are somewhere else. Or maybe those moments when you have to awaken at the crack of dawn on Thanksgiving or Christmas morning and come here to Trinity to serve breakfast to those experiencing homelessness. When 90% of other folks you know are all nestled in, all snug in their beds with visions of sugar plum in their heads. Those are a couple of possibilities. But think about it also this way. You might be the one out of 10 in your department at work. You might be one person out of 10 in your department who struggles morally with how your company is treating people. Or similarly, if you work in manufacturing, you might be struggling a little bit because you know your supervisors are choosing to source products from places that don't pay fair wages. Or you might be a medical practitioner and really struggling 
because you're the only one who wants to do right by your patients instead of adhering to protocols given to you by an HMO insurance plan. These and many others are challenges that we all face. Sometimes in life, we are the odd people out. Maybe the odd person out was an engineer on that now-collapsed building in New Orleans who spoke up but was ignored. Maybe the odd person out is one who, one of these whistleblowers that we've been hearing about in the news. Maybe the odd person out is the one who gets fined for feeding homeless people without a permit, or one who offers assistance to people escaping violence and horrific lives in Central America. Maybe. Being a Christian might make us that one leper out of ten who came back to thank Jesus. Maybe that one leper who returned is us. Being that odd person out might make us do something that we feel is right, but no one else does. Being that odd person might result in Jesus proclaiming to you, your faith has made you well. And the way I've depicted some of this may seem like it's only about making the hard choices in life all the time, or only about standing up for what you believe in to be morally right all the time. And, and that can be. We even see evidence of that in, in our second reading with Paul saying that he is chained and in prison. But then he says, the word of God cannot be changed. So what I'm talking about is certainly not a downer, because the main message today is all about healing. Not tearing apart or dividing, but about healing. Think about it. Even if you are the one person in 10 who feels differently, even if you're often needing to take a stand to stick up for the, the poor or the marginalized or for your friend or for your neighbor or someone who simply cannot voice their own concerns, the good news of Jesus Christ today is that you will absolutely find healing in being the odd person out. The one who takes the road less traveled, back to the heart of God. The one who encounters an abundant and powerful healing that ultimately transforms the individual, and because this person is being transformed individually, they gradually and slowly start to transform the world back into that beautiful world that God intended it to be from the beginning of time. That's the good news of today. So then what do we do? What's our takeaway? We have to start somewhere. And the first thing and the first place I think that we begin is to recognize that when we feel challenged in our homes or in our work or even in our binary thinking politics, that when we are being pressured to do something we don't feel is right, that our first instinct to be different might actually be God prompting us to proclaim a new way to be. That our first instinct to behave differently 
might be God inviting us to teach the world a new way to be, a new way of Jesus and his love. But we can go further than that. We might be able to find blessings also in the ways in which we're different in the world than other people. The in-crowd, those people that I talked about earlier, the in-crowd in Jesus' time really didn't get that many blessings at all in the New Testament. Those who were different did. So perhaps this lesson teaches us that the things that are unique to us, those properties in our quirky personalities, those characteristics in our physical bodies, those ways in which we are fearfully and wonderfully made are actually the source of our greatest blessing. That God doesn't love us despite our particularities, but God loves us more precisely because of them. Where we are different actually makes our very nature part of God's plan to heal the world. Our differences enhance the kingdom of God. Amazing. And finally, we have to go back to gratitude. Not like Martha Stewart's version of showing appreciation, although if you do that, it will, you will find some fulfillment. But creating and cultivating a practice of gratitude in your life where you take nothing for granted and you see every encounter with another human being, you see every moment of success in your life, you see every time you are the recipient of good things, whether they be tangible or intangible, you intentionally practice being thankful. It costs you nothing. But the benefits of doing so may lead you, like that odd man out leper, back to the very presence of Jesus, back to the heart that originally called you beloved in the first place, the heart that made you well, that made you whole, that restored every shred of love in you and made and is making you your best self ever. The kingdom of God needs the odd person out. You know our beloved community here at Trinity wouldn't be the same without you. But the best news is that Jesus Christ loves your quirkiest, most unusual self the best of all. Because in that tension, that tension between fitting in and being fully you, is the call on your heart to be your fullest and best self ever. And Jesus wants to take that part of you, call it beloved, and help you help him heal the entire world back to that time when it was truly paradise. And Jesus wants and needs you to partner with him right now. Be the one who's purposely different. Be the one who's always giving thanks. Be the one with Jesus who changes the world. Be the odd person out because that's what God needs.